0: The Talking Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Ten minutes after 10 a.m. Good morning. You are listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Glad and appreciative being in your company this morning. Now, the State of the Nation address is coming up. A number of changes have happened. The ANC has sworn in four new members into parliament. It's in all likelihood that they'll become ministers or will be uh, put into cabinet uh, or deputy ministers but when the president reconfigures his cabinet where should he start which clusters require the most attention and who should not make it into cabinet who should make it who should definitely be kicked out of cabinet and these questions almost feel artificial these questions don't feel I'm asking them but they don't feel very helpful because to be quite honest cabinet needs to be aligned to the priorities and almost never are we told why certain people are in certain ministries and what their alignments to those priorities are over the weekend the presidency released a scorecard on its its website it listed a number of things that it achieved and failed to achieve let me tell you what the president presidency failed to achieve according to their own under, according to their own evaluation Uh, A number of key priorities. Adding 6,800 megawatts of additional energy to the grid, They renewable energy, they didn't do that. Request for proposals for 3,000 megawatts of gas power and 500 megawatts of battery storage, they didn't do that. Reopen priority passenger rail corridors, they claim they didn't do that, although some did open up. I don't know if they are priority ones, but Prasa rail network is somewhat back to semblance of functioning. Provide bulk infrastructure to unlock identified private sector infrastructure projects. They didn't do that. Move ahead with land reform. They didn't do that. Finalize the transfer of 14,000 hectares of public land to the Housing Development Agency. It was a priority. They didn't do that. Take steps to protect whistleblowers. Not done either. Identify state-owned enterprises to be retained, consolidated, or disposed of. They didn't do that. So based on the things they claim they didn't achieve, you can already evaluate which ministries and departments failed. Some of, chief amongst these that I've read out to you is the Minister of State-Owned Enterprises and the Minister of Mineral and uh, Minerals Resources, right? There's also a tussle at the moment over control over uh, between those two departments over ESCOM and I guess the energy uh, sustainability of the country. And that tussle is an important one that we shouldn't take our sight off of because it speaks to the configuration and functioning of the state. But the president's economic cluster, what's happening there? There's a minister of economic development. I'm not sure that any economic development's coming out of that office, right? There is a minister uh, of labor and employment. I don't know. If, if you were to evaluate that uh, ministry, what would you say about it? There's still a deadlock over wage negotiations at the various bargaining councils, particularly at the Public Service Coordinating Bargaining Council pertaining to uh, the, uh, the public service wage agreement, um, or at least a wage increase in negotiations taking place over there. The Minister of Finance simply saying we can't afford it at all. Um, and there's a hard cap there. And that's an ongoing debate. What do you make of it? Give me a call, 086 0 2032. Uh, my guest for this hour is Ribone Tao, uh, political analyst, as well as Asanda Nguasheng, who's also a political analyst. Uh, Ribone and, and, and Asanda, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Asanda, I want to start with you. There are key priority clusters, the energy cluster being one of that, one of them, and it overlap into the economic cluster. It needs a hard look from the president. But the the people currently heading up those departments in those clusters are key political allies to the president. It will be a difficult balance for him to remove or shuffle any of them out of there. No less Gwere for instance. What do you think the president's thinking is at the moment around that cluster?
1: Well, I think the president is in a tough position because as you've highlighted, these are key you know, structures that basically have the power to either stall or move the South African economy, whether you're talking about the energy cluster or the security cluster, but they are, as you said, these allies. And so he has a very difficult job to do of being able to look at whether these ministers have performed or not performed and whether to retain them or to remove them and place new people who might bring new blood and kind of new ideas to these two clusters which which have, you know, really been failing dismally over the past um you know, beyond I mean, his own decade of, of governance. But I think they've done particularly badly in Sir Ramaposa's you know, reign, as it were. And he is going to have to make some some tough calls because those calls are then going to have an impact on whether the ANC can or can't win the election in 2024, never mind whether there'll even be a country or enough people left in the country for, for there to govern should 2024 come and should the ANC, by some miracle, make it and become the majority party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cabinet has a crisis going on, Rabonne. The fact that we, you and I speaking right here are not sure whether or not we have a deputy minister means that the president doesn't quite have a complete and full grasp over his cabinet um, and may be nervous particularly about the position of... Uh, deputy president. I, I'm not too sure that President Ramaphosa is very completely trusting this moment uh, of Paul Mashatile as his deputy president, um, given what had happened at Nasrek. But neither was he completely trusting of David Mabuza either in 2017, heading into 2018, despite David Mabuza having handed him victory uh, at, in, in, in Nasrek 2017. Um, from the top down, in terms of priority positions, where is the president most nervous? I just ask Asanda right now about the economic and, and, and energy cluster and the overlap they're in. But the deputy minister plays a big role as well, specifically given that you know, the deputy minister is uh, likely to chair various uh, you know, interministerial task teams and, and war rooms and these sorts of things as far as government businesses pertain and crises are pertain. What What's the president's thinking right now? It's quite clear Paul Mashatile is going to become the deputy president, but how nervous is the president about that? Good morning
2: to the listeners. Good morning, Oliver, and good morning to the listeners. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, loud and clear. Go ahead.
2: Okay, Um, I think the president really finds himself in in a very difficult position, and he's the one president who always has a deputy president that he does not planned to work with you know as you said earlier on you know it was the Didi Mabuza if you go back to Nazarek we can remember that Lindwe Sisulu was actually running uh, under him as the DP while at some point he wanted Naledi Pando but um, members of his faction felt that Naledi Pando doesn't have the crown and so forth and this time around you know there was an issue of Senzo Mutun, who was his running mate you know in 2017 the position of Secretary General, and since Kuna again does not then get uh, the threshold, you know, um, to make it to Ballot, and they end up resolving on Oscar Mabuyane. So, and 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 you can see, you know, with what Didi Mabuza did over the weekend, is that he does no longer want to be part of the cabinet. You know, he does no longer want to be the the, the Deputy President of of the Republic of South Africa since he's no longer the President of of the of the ANC and. I mean, I can tell you as back as around the 25th, 24th of January, we started hearing that Didi Mabuza is resigning, you know, the rumors that were going around that he's resigning as as the deputy president. And I think that he feels that, and, and President Ramaphosa, that is his biggest problem. He takes time to move on anything. And I think Didi was just fed up, you know, that he wants to go and that's why now he made it publicly so that President Ramaphosa can release him as in like yesterday, And for an example, you you, you look at how Didi has been absent in the activities of the ANC, in spite of the most recent one, the Kermit Lakota, because his brother passed away. But even at the ANC um, second round of the national conference, which we know that was on the 5th of January, Didi Mabuza was not there, you know. And now President uh, Ramaphosa finds himself with with Paul Mashatile, and you must remember this, this is his last term. So what does this mean for the CR faction when it comes to the succession plan, mm, you know, mm. um, of the ANC? Who is he going to leave the patent? Because some will argue that, you no know, Paul Marshadilla must take over according to the traditions of the ANC that normally the deputy president takes over when the president leaves. So he's in a very difficult... And when, you, when I speak to some, they say that uh, within the faction, people like... Uh what's his name? The Minister of Justice Lamula, they're angry with him in that faction because he decided not to withdraw in favor of Oscar Mabuyan. So they feel that he compromised, you know. But even, even if you consider Oscar, Oscar
0: Mabuyane's votes and you consider the votes that uh, uh 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 Ronald Lamula received, the difference is still not enough to have carried Oscar Mabuyane over the line.
2: Absolutely, but that's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, the faction is finding, you know ways to blame who to blame why they ended up being where they are today with the deputy president that they did not want you know but i think the other thing that um, also should be very interesting is the security cluster we're in a serious crisis the security cluster and we know that the president moved uh, state security to the presidency but still we're not you know feeling safe as south africans you yeah. will have to um, do something around the security class then and the intelligence you know yeah. so th- th- those are some of the things that i think he needs to focus on and i mean last week we read when rupert you know wrote about the one billion you know in the news that he even spoke about the security of the country you know if yeah. you want to bring tourists you know to south africa and so forth you know so that yeah. is also you know much pressure on his side around that Give us and a also, call. by the way, the issue of transport, because you know that the the Marula has to, be, yeah, he's moonlighting uh, yeah, at the moment. And, yeah, and, and one of the things that he raised was the issue of Transnet, that Transnet needs to go to transport. So while we're looking at ESCOM, we must also not forget the issue of Transnet, because Transnet is also under
0: Public Enterprises. Public Enterprises, yeah. Give us a call. 086-002032 if you'd like to be a part of this conversation. Asana, does it worry you that we have a deputy president who may or may not be in, in the union buildings right now who doesn't actually want to be there? Similarly, does it worry you that we have a president who may also not quite want to be there, who, on 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 the pressure of a smell test report that had no legal bearing, that's the Section 89 commentary report, wanted to resign what more can we expect from him if the public protector were to release a similar report this time it does actually have legal bearing the president may be, once again become nervous and want to resign once again is the union buildings in free fall?
1: Um, i'm not surprised that you know david mabuza seems to be keen to to go because we saw that you know by the time the the ANC elective conference came, he had already been indicating his need to exit. We know that he spent most of his tenure as the deputy president either in and out of hospital or on leave for some or other reason. And so I'm not surprised that he's ready to go in any time. And I think it's much better that we know that the post is vacant and that it's going to be filled hopefully soon when the cabinet reshuffle happens rather than what has been happening where we have a deputy president position and somebody mm. you know, earning a salary but not actually doing much by way of work, judging by the amount of leave that he's had. I mean, I wish I had that kind of leave in my life. And <laughs> um, I think that, you know, even in terms of the, the the presidency, this is always the problem with the ANC, that we have a, a political party in power that constantly and consistently places or puts to the fore people who have corruption charges to answer for and uh, you know constant a cloud of some kind around corruption uh, that they have to answer for and because of this it does become a constant will he won't he will he resign will he stay how long will he stay for if he does stay and what does this mean for the country and it does cause quite a lot of instability in terms of the ways that we're able to think about uh, our longevity as a country and i think that you know i've said it many, many times that, you know, South Africa as a country is great and we have a lot of great potential, but our biggest, you know, the biggest challenge on our neck is the ANC. And for as long as we have the ANC and as long as the ANC is determined to not change at all, i.e. we're seeing now the new members that are about to be put in place, they themselves also have, you know, questions. Poma Chatele still needs to answer about Alex Mafia. He has many other unethical acts that you know he has been accused of that he still hasn't answered for or about and so we are in a situation where we are seeing uh you know an ANC that doesn't care about ethical governance doesn't care about you know whether South Africa or South Africa can actually live in own shenanigans.
0: yeah oh your lunch is cutting there but the is is it at all possible for the president to uh, assemble a complete cabinet? Without half the cabinet being implicated in some or some or other uh, integrity crises, uh, whether it pertains to the Sonder Commission report or any other reports and investigations ongoing, or their past just catching up with them, is that at all to put together a cabinet that meets that integrity standard, but also has, you know, governance experience? Because if you bring in too many young people who have no government experience all at once, you may have a cabinet that will take a while to settle in. Um, not to say that you shouldn't do that. I certainly do think that it should be a consideration. But if you find what the ANC likes to call a generational mix, you will inevitably end up, uh, you know, with people who have an inte- who have questionable integrity.
2: Um, Oliver, I think for starters, um one of the things that the ANC fails to do, or the president, for an example, is that, you know, when they deploy. They don't look at expertise, you know, that Oliver is good in one, two, three, four, five. So Oliver will fit in in that particular department and he's got an understanding of the sector, you know, that he will be leading. And I think this is some of the things that the president, if he's really serious about taking South Africa forward, needs to actually look into when he changes his cabinet, who is good, where and what skills can do they have those particular individuals to take the, the 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 country for for but he's also consumed by fictional politics of the ANC. So it will be very difficult for him to even remove certain ministers uh who have been compromised but just because there are close allies, you know, within the core um of, of his faction within the ANC, he would have to just um turn a blind eye on them um because of his own issue we must remember that palapala is not yet over
0: yes uh,
2: conference referred palapala to the NEC, so he needs to treat very carefully because he doesn't want mm. to find himself in the NEC being isolated by those that he would think that are his allies coming from this conference
0: but he's got an he's got overwhelming majority support in the NEC, does he not?
2: He does, but I'm saying some of the people within his faction, I mean, have been mentioned in the Zondo Condition report, I'll give an example. Kumbuzo Bedu, when she was a tenor, you know, a board member, you have Kudamantasha, the national chair, who received um what uh, security upgrades. You have Makweta who received security upgrades. You have Zizukota who admitted taking money from Saudi. You know, so these are people that are part of his faction. Yeah, you know, his close allies. And how how does he then deal with them at the state level when he will need their support? And by the way, the core its own. There's divisions, especially with the NWC, because some feel betrayed why they were not included in the NWC. So he needs to navigate it. Uh, for an example, people will tell like the likes of Ntum came into that faction. They had a slate that they, their names came like at the 11th hour and a compromise was made that Sikla Zigalala and will be appointed um, as a minister according to the talks that are, are taking place. So there was also a lot of negotiations around the NWC composition because he, he took his faction took that whole um twenty people I mean in in in, in the NWC.
0: Yeah. Give us a call 086-30 triple zero two three two if you'd like to be a part of this conversation. You can also send us a WhatsApp voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Uh, Asanda, is there any way to deal with this integrity problem that inevitably and ostensibly the president's cabinet will face?
1: I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can't deal with just a general integrity problem in the ANC without kind of overhauling the ANC from the ground up we have a situation where the political party has become synonymous with corruption. Whether you're looking at things like, you know, their role in as Chancellor House in the Hitachi deal, which is now affecting us as a country via the rules that ESCOM has and the consistent breakdowns at Medupi. Um, and whether you're looking at it, you know, from a perspective of the water boards and the corruption that happened there, and how that has had an impact on our ability to provide water not just water but clean water or you looking at you know Etik when you're having had its worst uh, you know tourism period in its in one of its worst tourism periods in its history because the government just couldn't do the job the proper job of cleaning up following the floods that happened which were you know which already came to an economy that was decimated Following the July riots of uh, of 2021, and so the the ANC has become synonymous with corruption. The ANC has literally become a system that thrives on you know patronism on on on, 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 on patronage and in order for you to deal with the integrity and the integrity questions that exist, you would have to kind of either overhaul the entire thing or throw it away and, and start, start from scratch with a new political party because it's embedded. It's in the very essence of the party. Now it's not something that, you know, there's a few people to the party. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's it's what everybody does. If you look at even kind of the, 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 recent murders of people, because of competition for tenders. The murders of politicians because of competition for positions. Those are things that you know yeah. the ANC has introduced and continues to to not to allow to to, to Unbated, which means that you know it continues and it gets bigger and if you think about even things like uh you know the question though is are development and structures and the mafia that have become massive and are stopping construction for example those are the things that the ANC should be dealing with are they not
0: the question though is are those problems of the ANC or problems of the state and at what point do you make those sort of distinctions I'll give you an opportunity to reflect on that on the other side of this it is half past 10. Luanda Maume has your headlines SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. We're reflecting on the upcoming uh, State of the Nation. Well, the at least the cabinet reshuffle that will follow the State of the Nation address. Uh, The ANC having sworn in four new members of Parliament uh, from its uh, leadership ranks in in its top six and NEC, Um, and it is now preparing itself at least in part preparing itself for that cabinet reshuffle. It is quite clear who the president intends on incorporating into his you know, his cabinet from those four people. But we're really speaking about whether or not the president would be able to put together an effective cabinet that will be able to uh, actualize the political, um, you know, goals and the political, uh, you know, priorities that the presidency has set for the state. Again, we'll hear about this once again in the State of the Nation Address. At the start of this hour, I read out to you the president's scorecard and highlighted to you the part where the presidency believes they had not succeeded on. Um, and that means that the president has some tough questions to ask about his cabinet that needed to carry that out. Uh, and, and you can be a part of this conversation. 86 Let's go to the lines before we go back to our panel. Sinki in Zebediel. Uh, good morning. Sinki.
3: Yes, I just want to, to comment about Deputy President. Uh, remember, Oliver, we have a DTT President who has been absent for a long time. Now we are having our incoming deputy President uh, Mashadili, who comes from the third agency which has been robbed. So the question is, is it a need for a uh, deputy President to become the deputy President of the nation? If yes, then uh, I'm asking, I guess, are they gonna, uh, I, the much I is, anything is going to add to the deputy presidency because since ever, our deputy presidency has no service to add on our presidency. I'm not sure if I'm clear on that. Yeah,
0: very good question. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Rebona, I'd like you to reflect on that question. The ANC constitution says nothing about the deputy president of the party becoming the deputy president of the country. It's just tradition, really. But it could be anyone else. In fact, one person on WhatsApp saying the deputy president should be Kweri Mantashi, who be out of the way.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean the NC constitution um is it's silent on the issue of, of the deputy president being the deputy president of the republic. Um, but obviously um where the NC is currently actually it really needs also to reflect and you can see that they have, for example, put two DSGs, right, into mm. the SGO.
0: And one is now in and one Parliament. Of,
2: now one is going to Parliament, you know, and the question one asks themselves, like, if this person is going to Parliament, what happens to the work of the party? You know, because there's been uh, discussions, by the way, within the ANC about even having full-time chairpersons of the committees, to be there to run the day-to-day business of the party but the nc is failing to do that because it will not be a better idea to have someone mm. at that level of the president's actually being full-time at lituli house to do party work on a day-to-day basis while the president uh, is running the state and this is what tm wanted by the way mm. in polo Mm. the president of the party and focus on the party while you have, but then there was that uh, issue about two centers of power and so forth, but not also diagnosing the real problems within the party, that the party does not have uh, full-time personnel mm. that can help to actually strengthen or rebuild the party or renewal of the party, you know. So they talk about renewal, but they continue to do the same things over and over.
0: But has, has the ANC been effective in that when they had that distinction? For instance, consider Enoch Godongwana having been the committee chairperson on economic transformation at Lutulia House. Uh, when there was a vacancy in Treasury, he became the minister of finance. Now the, the chairperson of that committee in Lutulia House is Mamaluku Gubai. Did, did Enoch Godongwana leave the ANC's economic transformation policy department in any stronger position, uh, given that he was there full time?
2: He was not there full-time. All chairs are not there full-time. Uh, they are just chairs of committees. So when I mean full-time, that means they're on the party's payroll. So one of the challenges why the party has not been able to implement that resolution was because There's no money. they don't have money to pay his salaries. Um, so that's why you find that most of the chairs continue to be ministers, you know, mm-hmm. but even in you knowkodogan was not there on a full-time basis you know it was on uh, at hoc basis when there's a need for him uh, to be there, you know a- a- as the chair so and 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 when you look at um I mean the you know when they were talking about the issue of salaries for an example, you know there were articles we were reading about ghost employees at the tool house mm-hmm. and so forth, you know. And this is where then it will help when you have even full-time chairs because they can then see who's actually at work on a day-to-day basis, who is doing what, not Mm. this thing off, you know. So there's a lot that the NC actually needs to have very difficult conversation with itself. And people need to, uh, if they really say they are serious about the renewal of the party, uh, take very difficult decisions that will help the party not individual interest because now what we're seeing is about individual interest while the party is getting weaker and weaker
0: yeah give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two let's take a quick break on the other side of this we continue the conversation SAFm give us a call 086-000-2032. Tsukulo and Harry Smith good morning
4: good morning how are you
0: I'm fantastic sir how are you
4: um mm, go ahead not bad, not bad. Uh I, you know, I, I'm not worried about about uh, Mabuza. Mabuza, I I I, I, if I, 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 we 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 check what he did as, as 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 by the time he was still a deputy president. I don't see anything Mabuza did because Mabuza he was always absent. Mm. So, uh and, and and why he was absent because he know he he, he knew that he was a out. You cannot. He, he, he it was gonna be difficult to work with a a, a president Ramaphosa because he, he he knew he was he was he knew his agenda. He 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 knew, he knew because now some of the decision that maybe he was supposed to take it was gonna be the, the against his brother. You understand? so uh, i don't i don't i don't know even if that guy can resign or he to go and stay at home he didn't he did nothing mm. for 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 as a as really
0: okay. I don't
4: see, but uh, when, when 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 i, 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 I see uh, on, on 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 machatile even uh, on machatile hey our president is going to is going to be going to it's going to be tough
3: for the guy
0: okay thank you yeah, so I much appreciate it thanks thank a lot you. thanks a lot to call Brian in Cape Town good morning
3: good morning Oliver. I just wanted to make a short comment on your request uh, to the public to comment on um, on the state and the organization the ANC. I'll just give you a short uh, line you know Lenin clearly stated in the capitalist society the state is an organisation of the ruling party, and one has to understand it. And we can see it clearly on a daily basis. We will never solve any of our problems, uh, the social ills, because we we refuse to acknowledge the causes of the of this chaos in this country and looting, corruption, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because we don't want to acknowledge the cause, and the cause is a just corrupt and evil capitalist system. What we, rec- we need to get rid of it and implement a genuine socialist society. Mm. Not, not a Stalinist society, not this SACP fake communist party type of uh, brand of socialism, but genuine socialism. Um, because, this, you know, every single state-owned enterprise is, has been looted and is failing and has failed in fact. So, uh, we discuss these issues on a daily basis. Every day you listen to the radio, read the uh, uh, printed media, and it's the same case, a regurgitation of the same chaos on a daily
0: basis. Okay, uh, thank he, you so much. Okay. Appreciate it, Brian. Right, appreciate right. your call.
2: Hi, Oliver. I think uh, Cyril Ramaphosa uh, uh, will be eager to work with the DA into the future, and uh, they may well be uh, comrades in the organization. Uh, uh, who may uh, not uh, approve of this, uh, so I think he has to watch his uh, how he uh, proceeds uh, with the uh, reshuffles too uh, and uh, putting people uh, uh, that
0: are fully supportive of uh, his uh, administration. Thank you, Frank Marinsburg. Thank you so much for that, really appreciate it. Uh... Asanda, as far as the coalition partners are concerned, there's not much representation of them in the NEC. That alone leaves a, a bitter taste in the mouth of, of of coalition partners like COSATO, for instance. Should Will we see reflection of, of, of coalition partners, SACP and COSATO, in cabinet to make up for that? Do, do you expect to see a strong presence thereof?
1: Um, I think it makes sense that there would be. So the NC has this history of making sure that the alliance partners are represented in one way or another i mean it's one of the ways that they keep those partnerships going because you can imagine if uh, the ANC was to be separated from labor via the unions then uh, there would be much harsher criticism of the ANC coming from from workers because you know there's a lot there's a lot that left to be that's left to be desired in terms of the condition of workers in South Africa so because we have high unemployment we spend a lot of time talking about you know unemployment as a, as a social economic problem but even those who are in work are not earning enough and when they do the the working conditions that they have are not up to scratch and there's very, there's often very little monitoring from the labor department for example of uh of the kind of conditions that people are working in the amount of money that people are earning and whether you know they like the jobs that they even have are, are worth having if you consider the, the 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 kind of hurtful and destructive you know processes that are in place mm. and so it, it would be it would be foolish of them to not have somebody from the http or from or from labor because that would then kind of open the gates for uh, a critique of the ANC from people who literally have been in the trenches with them, and therefore have a lot of information. Because we know that, you know, uh, uh, Minister of of, of labour, and if you piss off somebody like him or, or his people, then you're going to have a, a lot of problems. Mm, mm. because they know it's gone wrong with labour, which is kind of where their uh, their target audience. Uh, in, which is the base, space where they have a vested interest in in giving information to their target audience. But what's stopping them at this point is the fact that they are able to benefit uh, through this alliance of agency. Which, to my mind, by the way, I'm, I'm, I've, I've really over the past couple of years, I've had a lot of questions about whether it's still a viable alliance or not. Mm.
0: Give us a call, Zero.
1: Uh, you know how how the the possibility of labour not being captured in the way that it is. Has potential for kind of challenging the structure of the economy and the way that it it's, uh, it's built and who gets the benefit.
0: Yeah, give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on these questions. I'll be taking your voice notes on this in a very short while, but let's take a quick break. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Asanda, so I want to bring you back on this on, on, on this question around the configuration of the cabinet. The president had made a commitment at the start of his presidency in 2017, well, 2018 when he became country president, uh, that he would reduce the size of cabinet because it was a bloated cabinet to which he admitted to. He artificially did so by removing a couple of ministries or merging a couple of ministries and then giving some of those ministers two deputy ministers. Um, so not really reducing the size of cabinet in real terms, uh, but he he seemed to be edging in that direction. Does the space allow for him to continue to do that? Because he did then promise that he would progressively continue to reduce the size of cabinet and reconfigure uh, the state in that direction.
1: Um that you know i think there's definitely a, a space and he should definitely consider reducing the size of cabinet but i also think that you know what we actually need more than just a, a plain reduction of cabinet is a rethink of like what are the portfolios that we've had since 1994 and what are the portfolios that kind of came in with the new uh expanded cabinet over the years and which of those do we need and which of those don't we need and which of those do we need to configure or, or, or reconfigure? Because, for example, just yesterday, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, there's talk that the Economic Development um, Ministry is going to be done away with and kind of folded back into the DTI. And I found myself thinking, you know, initially when this uh, ministry came about, I was one of those people who was like, you know, it's just a waste of time, there's no need and all of that. And But over the years, I've actually realized that we need over and above the the finance Uh, you know, ministry, we do need an economic development ministry that focuses on nothing but, you know, economic development, economic growth, and also is able to focus on things like uh, black economic empowerment transformation and the state of black economic transformation because it has become, you know, while it is one of the most important uh, policies that we have that has the potential to change South Africa and to ensure that you know everybody can be included in the South African economy. It has fallen by the wayside and just become a, a kind of mere tick-boxing exercise mm. um, where we ha- people hire lawyers to, you know, make sure that people are within the legal bounds and it just becomes a tick-boxing exercise. There is no consideration that these policies are not just there for the sake of having them. They're actually there to change the structure of society, to change the ability of every single South African to be a participant in the economy and to feel like they truly belong in this country and have a right to every single aspects of the economy in every single industry we still have industries where you know black people have no idea like the western cape is one of the biggest um Food industries and I, I found out this when I was in Austria for example uh, I mm. found out the extent and the size of it when I was in Austria because we're not making an effort in South Africa to make sure that every single South African knows that as a country this is where we make our money and these are the opportunities that you have in order to be able to participate because what that does is it also creates a space such that you don't have every black person becoming a marketing executive or every black person trying to be a chartered accountant because young people understand that There are multiple opportunities in multiple industries and multiple entry points. And so when we talk about BEE, it also means that an economic development, because you need the economy to develop and to go larger so that it accommodates everybody so that you don't have this fight of you know when you argue for being, it feels like you want to replace or to remove white people or particularly white mm-hmm. men but that it becomes a conversation of how do we grow the economy and ensure that everybody is included and everybody is able to get an opportunity but that those who require more support and more help and more prioritization get it while we grow the economy and make the pie bigger for sure. everybody to be able to have a piece.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ribona, I want to bring you in here, from Asanda's point around certain ministries being needed and not needed, uh, she makes the argument that there's a place for economic development, uh, maybe perhaps debundled away from DTI uh, as it currently is. It's part of DTI and competition. Which ministries are just complete deadweight? Did uh, small business development achieve anything at all?
2: I think just starting off by what Asanda was saying. The other biggest problem in President Ramaphosa, like for example, in 2019, he appointed the economy advisory council. So he's forever appointing these advisory committees, and 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 wanting not to render in a way his ministers not um, proactive which then becomes a problem that you've got ministries there but you are busy uh, putting uh, advisory committees so when you come to small business i mean there was a clear um, he didn't know what to do with Stelanda dabeni and, and he decided to just go and dump it uh, you know at small business but while we speak about economic development maybe separating it from dti you must remember small business by the way was a dti so there needs to be a clear plan you know and political will If you are then saying, okay, we're moving towards this and we're moving this department and making it to be a standalone so that it can be also functional, you know, because some people have argued that the reason, you know, when present uh, at the time, Zuma removed there was to create also positions for those who serve in the initial executive committee. But at the end of the day, was it necessary Mm. at the time to remove small business from DTI? We don't know, you know? So those are some of the things that there needs to be a clear plan that even if you ever stand alone and move it from DTI, um, you, you, you need to also have people, you know, with the right skills and understanding of the sector because the problem that you just move people around, People don't even understand the sectors, you know, like even small business. I mean, he gave it to Nchavedi, but she did not also, also do well in it. And that's when she, he ended up moving it to communications, you know, and 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 and, and putting Stelander when he had small business that we have not really seen its impact, you know, and on, especially right now when you look at the economy, you know, this is where small business, a lot of focus should be, you know, and one hopes that more budget should be given to small business to help the economy to grow. Mm.
0: Give us a call 86 We may be able to squeeze in a single call over there, but let's have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note.
2: Morning, Oliver. This is Zanele in Durban. As Ramaphosa is going to, he will be the, the head of the election. He will be the face of the ANC. What he will tell people, how he will encourage people to vote for the ANC, while he was dragged by his feet while he wanted to run away so what he will tell the people how he will encourage the people whilst he was running away from the same party
0: yeah uh interesting point over there he will be the face of the anc going into the election will that have any bearing ribone on how he tries to put together a cabinet
2: um, I mean, going to this elections, it's he also, you know, because especially with the internal, you know, party um, divisions, you know, so he will really has, have to apply his mind, you know, because either with those that did not support him in twenty twenty two, still command, you know, a certain portion, you know, within the ANC um, structures, uh, and and that also is got. Um, an impact, you know, going to do door to door for elections, you know. So he will really have to see how he navigates that and not to be seen paging, you know, and just bringing his friends, you know. So that the NC can should not drop to less than fifty percent, you know, at the national. Um, um, elections that um, we, we are going to next year because they do need that 51 plus, you know, and it's yeah. not going to be easy, especially with the issue of Lord Sherry. Um, so it is in his best interest to navigate this cabinet um, to make sure that he does not antagonize. Because I know with the NWC, many would not support him, were very angry. Yeah. Yeah. about how this NWC was composed, that it was seen as a fictional tool to eliminate those that did not support him.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated Ribone Dao as well as Asan Sheng, political analyst as we unpacked the cabinet reshuffle.